welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. I am here with Brie Noble. If you don't know who she is by now, I don't know where you've been. <laughs> I'm here a lot. Because <laughs> like, clearly you haven't actually been listening to the podcast if this is your first time hearing me and Brie. Um, but Brie is obviously an amazing coach and my co-coach and collaborator for our group program, Out to Launch. And today, the day this episode goes live is the last day to apply for Out to Launch. So we thought today we'd just talk a little bit about the launch, our experience as business owners, and um, give you a little bit of inspiration to maybe take that leap or decide what the next best step is for you because we know it can be hard to invest. We know that sometimes it's overwhelming to just hear, you know, here's what you get and here's what you're gonna do and all that stuff when in reality, a lot of what we're looking towards in life is a vision of how we're actually going to spend our days, not just working and not just like doing a program and then that's all we consume ourselves with. So we thought we'd give you a little bit of a sneak peek into like our lives and what having this freedom, having our own business has actually allowed us to do. Yeah, this is going to be fun because this is a huge passion of mine is, you know, why am I doing this? Like, because it's not all like, it's not all like roses and, you know, and yeah. unicorns and all of that stuff all the time and rainbows, but it's worth it because the the trade-off is I'm working at, you know, I'm working probably as an accountant, uh, which I did in my previous life at a job that's eight to five and probably um, keeping me up at night stressing out like I was when I was an accountant of like, am I going to have enough money in the company bank account to pay for payroll this week? Like, you know, there's stresses in whatever you're doing, but in that job, like I got my three weeks of vacation every year and that was it. And other than that, I was like fully consumed with my work there and I was gone all the time. So, I mean, for me, yeah, it's, you know, running your own business is not the easiest thing in the world. There are definitely things that you need to learn how to do. And and that's why I've always worked with other coaches who've been a little bit ahead of me because it's like, oh, I don't know how to do this or I don't know how to navigate this thing. Um, But it's always been worth it because you're going to have, it's not like anything you do is not going to have struggles and frustrations and, and, you know, roadblocks and all of that stuff. But the, you know, the trade-off is that you get so much more lifestyle freedom, which is why I'm in it for sure. Yeah. I'm jealous you got three weeks of vacation. When I was working in music publishing, I think I only had like 10 days, if anything. So I guess like two weeks, but- Well, I did have an executive position and that's after I'd been working for like 10 years in corporate, you know, so yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you worked worked up up to that. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when I quit, I was like calculating, okay, I have, you know what? I didn't even have, there's no way I even had 10. Because I remember when I quit, I was like, I have two vacation days. It was like you earn it as you go sort of Mm -hmm. thing. And so I guess you could cash it in early. But yeah, I ended up being like, they'll great. They'll pay me for these days that I didn't take. And I'm going to get X amount of money as I was like plotting my exit to figure out, you know, could I afford the coaching program I was going to join? It was a whole thought out thing. But it is true. I'm glad you also brought up that there's highs and lows. And maybe we can talk more about that because... I know, like, 
I obviously show up in a pretty optimistic way, as do you, because we need to, we want to keep it professional. You know, we want to keep educating. We are the ones in authority guiding you guys around. But I also feel like it's important to be honest about the fact that it's not just like, oh, start your own business and everything's perfect. Like, it is hard. It, even launching is hard. I know on Monday, I was feeling really stressed with a number of personal and work things. And I was like, thank God I have a coach because it's in this moment where I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed and I need support. Like, thank God I have support. <laughs> it was a lifesaver. Yeah. And I was thinking same thing. Like I kind of had a hard day yesterday too. And I was thinking, thank God that I have the freedom to change my schedule around if I want to, and just go sit with a, a drink, you know, in front of the pool and just like zen out for a bit, you know, cause that's what I needed that day. And I didn't have to be like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I have all these commitments and stuff. I could reorganize my schedule or my priorities or whatever and be like, no, right now my priority is I need to get back into, you know, my normal optimistic, uh, you know, feeling good about life zone. And I just was hitting a little bit of a low. So, Me you know, that is, that's a thing that you need to be able to do whether you're in your launch or not. But I will tell you right now that will always happen somewhere in your launch. Oh my God. Yeah. Really right in the middle. <laughs> Wait, I, Brie, I have to tell you, I was joking with my coach because I just got off a call with her like right before this and um, it's a group program. And so I had posted in the Facebook group yesterday, like, I'm not feeling so hot. I need some like happy words, like that kind of thing. And so I worked with this coach one-on-one -on -one last year um, and w I was joking because I was like, you know what? Um, I have to say I'm pretty proud of myself for only having one mental breakdown during this whole two month launch period. And I got right back up. I was like, I needed 12 hours to just like let anything that I was kind of holding on to out. And that's literally what I did yesterday. I cried. I did yoga. I cried on the yoga mat. I did like a tarot reading for myself. I cried some more. I just laid down. Like I needed to just like decompress a little bit. And sometimes I think when you're launching, you're so go, go, go that you like hold on to miscellaneous emotions. And it's not always having to do with business. Some of it was anxiety about separate stuff, but you need that support and you need to also let yourself just feel through it because it's not always going to be perfect, especially when you're going through like the roller coaster highs and lows of launching. Yeah. And it is, is life stuff you know, you're trying to work this launching thing in with your life and life's not always going to cooperate. Right. You know, I just came off of a week. I mean, we were literally launching while my daughter was graduating. Like I went from yeah. our final day of our challenge to, you know, sitting out on a field for two hours, burning in the hundred degree sun because she was graduating. And then we had all this family come and stay overnight. And my office became someone's bedroom. And, you know, it was just really hard to navigate all that while we were in the, in the middle of launching, but I knew that it was just something that needed to happen. And so I think for me, I was coming off of all of that chaos and craziness and then trying to keep up this, you know, go, go, go kind of thing with a launch. And so yeah. for me, I just needed that, that Zen period. And I woke up this morning feeling amazing again. So, you know, it's, it happens to everyone during a launch and it doesn't mean that anything bad is happening in your launch. I, I'd say most launches, the middle of the launch is always the hardest part because yeah, there's you're just a lull. like, 
yeah, there's a lull and like, there's so much excitement at the beginning and you know, there's going to be so much excitement at the end, but you know, that middle period and, and you're just always second guessing, like, you know, did I have the right messaging? Did I attract the right people? And I know that we did it, but you're always thinking about, oh, I could have done this better. I could have done this better, you know? So just know you guys, like, this is totally normal. Everyone goes through this, even coaches that I've had that are like million dollar businesses go through this stuff and they talk about it. And what happened today? We're recording this on Tuesday, the day before it goes out. So Monday, Brie and I both separately needed a moment. (laughs) Both of us were like, "Um, clearly we need to get ourselves together. We need to take a brief break and we need a moment before we wrap up the last two days. And then literally this morning I woke up and I checked my phone and I see like six people booking sales calls between today and tomorrow. Like I woke up and I messaged Bria and I was like, okay, well I am now officially back to back with calls from the, from 10 AM to literally like eight o'clock and I'm not exaggerating. So it was one of those things where, you know, yesterday was a little bit more quiet. We both, luckily we had that quiet so that we could do what we needed, you know, to sit by the pool and relax or to do yoga and just to kind of like internally reflect and get the support that we needed because now we're wrapping it up and people are coming and like it it, sometimes that happens where you need that release or you need that sort of like revelation and we've had a ton of revelations too over the last um week or so of just like here's how we could do better or like here's how I'm realizing I show up best and things about ourselves things about the program that that can come in really hot. So having the support to like manage all of those emotions and thoughts is so important. Yeah. And that's why we do a a launch debrief inside about to launch because, and we, you know, we've been doing, we've done a lot of launches. So we started kind of debriefing as we're in the middle of it. Yeah, (laughs) We're like spewing all this stuff about stuff we're learning. Right. But you know, if you've never been through a launch before, it's really helpful to have someone lead you through that debrief to make sure that you're really taking all the lessons out of it. Um, because I really don't believe that there are any failures. The only failure is if you fail to learn from the lesson that came out of something that didn't work. So that's what the debrief is all about. And that's why we made sure that when you're in this program, you are launching like while we were in there, because otherwise you won't have the support that you need to go through this stuff. And like for us, like right now we were each other's support, but also we both have other coaches that we're able to go and, and, and talk to about this stuff when it's happening. And I feel like sometimes during a launch, it it doesn't look like it's going to happen until like the last moment. Like whether you have a money goal or a spots goal or you just set out with this intention and it's not, it, it doesn't happen by the middle or, or even the beginning of the launch. And it's so easy. It's like the last one to two days are crucial because that's really when a lot of times things start to ramp up. That's where, I mean, we saw it. We literally, and, and I think we could talk about the posts and the emails that we made that really got people to take action. But we had, you know, with basically 48 hours left, we are seeing people who were, who we saw, because we're watching you guys. We saw the clickers, we saw the watchers, we saw the, the action takers who didn't book the call or didn't apply and were waiting and were waiting and were waiting. And then all of a sudden at the last minute, they started taking action. And I bet today too, we're gonna get a ton of people applying and getting on calls 
at the last minute because of that deadline. But as a coach, it's easy to like lose the faith right before the magic's about to happen because you're like, ugh, the launch is almost over and it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, that's okay. Usually a lot of the stuff happens at the end of the launch because it's the end of the launch and there's no time left. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And and that's where the, you know, really digging into the messaging of what's going to attract the right people to your launch is important. And, you know, we've seen certain people are attracted to certain kind of messages. Certain people are like logic-based, certain people are emotion-based, certain people are, you know, we both talked about being location independent and being able to take trips and, and, you know, do things on our bucket list and stuff like that. And that really hit a chord with a lot of people too. So, you know, you learn from like, which ones of your messaging are really hitting a chord with people. And you can see because people are taking action and, um, you know, everybody, everybody does stuff for different reasons. And sometimes that's totally subconscious. You don't even know why something hits you or why you, I know for me, like there are certain personalities out there that I'm like, I'm just, I really like listening to this person tell stories about what they do and, and their business. And I don't know, it just strikes a chord with me and I can't like put my finger on it. So sometimes it's just experimenting with different kinds of messaging to see what's going to, you know, strike a chord with different groups of people. And that's just came up because you were talking about the, you know, the emails we sent out yesterday and stuff and, and how people, a lot of people really resonated with that message of being location independent and, you know, us going on trips this fall and stuff like that. Yeah. So we should talk a little bit about that. And I think it's important to know as well, because like I said, Brie and I, we were going to do a full launch debrief for this episode. And then we were like, wait, we're not done yet. We're still in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) The lunch is not over. It does not make sense to do that. So we're like, let's talk about this instead. But, but I think that, as you said, we were kind of like starting to debrief as it was going on because you, you do want to do that in a sense. Like you need to stay on the pulse of your launch. I firmly believe if you schedule out everything two months beforehand and then you don't touch it, you're missing out on a lot of objections, thoughts, content that's hitting, and you're making like a huge mistake by not- That is such a good point. I have people say to me like, I think I'm going to go on vacation during my launch. I'm just going to schedule all the stuff out in advance. I'm like, no, do not do that because you do need to be able to adjust and pivot based upon the way people are responding to the messages you're putting out there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so- We were doing that, like we were really being careful to watch and see what are people saying during the application calls, what are people responding to of the content that we're putting out. And I think another big mistake people make is when they're both creating their program and when they're launching it is only talking about like, here's what you get. So for instance, in the offer creation, we teach you about not just like program deliverables, but what's the transformation? What are they going to feel like all of that kind of stuff? And when you're launching it and selling it, you also need to talk about that because if you're just showing up every single day being like, join my program where you get three calls and you get a bonus and you get this, that does not emotionally resonate with people. And especially for high ticket offers, you need to connect with people emotionally because it's not the logical brain that makes that purchasing decision. It's the emotional um, understanding behind it and the vision that they see for themselves. And in the last few days and in like yesterday's emails or Monday's emails, we really focused on that. And then we saw a ton of people take action from that. 
Yeah. I, I, and it's true that like, I still see this constantly that, that people think that their offer is their deliverables, how many calls they have, you know, what are, what are their, what are they teaching inside of each module, you know, stuff like that. And yeah, that stuff's important and people want to know that, but that is not what sells your program. And so, you know, really the dialing in that transformation, that's one of the biggest things I spend time with, with people. It can take, you know, a lot of digging in of like getting deeper of this is the transformation that people want. And this is the, the promise that you can deliver in your program versus, you know, this is how I do it. You know, yeah. how you do it is important, but they actually literally don't care about that. They just want to know that you can give them the result they want. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely had been thinking too about how do I consume best. If you have ever joined me in the clubhouse room that I do on Tuesdays at 3 p.m. in the 808 Wave Club, we talk all about like attracting your super fans. And sometimes we don't always have people who have questions. We just have like a group of people who want to listen to me and Isabella Bedoya and Johnny Wisdom talk. And so I usually will give updates, like honest updates, like how am I feeling about social media? What are the results I'm getting? Because once again, I feel as a coach, it's really beneficial to be transparent in those ways and not just be like, everything is great and everything is working and everything is perfect. Because if you do that and your clients are coming against certain frustrations, it like, it's normal. It's normal to have those. And so I've and shared- And they're not gonna be able to feel like they can approach you when they feel that way. Because if you're like, everything yeah. is perfect, everything is awesome, then they'll be like, oh, she's not gonna understand what I'm going through. Exactly. And I, I realized that I, number one, have had a lot of resistance around engaging and showing up on social media, on Instagram in particular. I really like to scroll through TikTok. I spend most of my leisurely time scrolling through TikTok versus Instagram. Uh, I like to create on TikTok, but I do still like to create on Instagram. I just don't like this like obligation and weight on my shoulders of like, in order to find success on Instagram, you need to be constantly engaging with other people which is true, like it is true. And so I've always had this push and pull where I'm like, I like to show up on Instagram, but every time I go to watch these random musician stories, it's shitty content. I'm sorry guys, I have to call you out. It's <laughs> shitty content. And this is what I wrote down. I'm fully going on a tangent right now. I promise I'm gonna bring it back. I wrote this, <laughs> I wrote this down last night at 7.39 PM. Your content should be respondable or actionable because I realized two things. Number one, when I go to engage with the people that I'm following, and this is a big reason I unfollowed the majority of people, except for those whose content I really like, it's boring and it gives me no reason to respond. It's reposts or it's just filler content or there's no context. There is no reason that anyone would respond to that. There's no way to start a conversation. There's no opening. So if you're listening to this as a music teacher, coach, or musician, your content needs to be respondable. That being said, I also realized that the people who I like to consume are respondable. And a lot of times they're posting lifestyle content. Sometimes it's educational as well, or often it is sprinkled in there, but a lot of the content that's respondable, it's like more relatable and inspiring content. That's what I gravitate towards in my educators. And even in like the herbs that I buy for allergies, like 
that is what I gravitate towards. And so I was like, I need to step into my zone of genius and really embody this part of content creation and not focus so much on the education, especially as we wrap up the launch. And that was like the big epitome for me. Epitome? Mm. No. Epiphany. Epiphany. I was like, that's not right. (laughs) The epitome of your epiphany. Yes, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I totally, I, I agree with that. And, and as you know, like, I don't have my hands in my social media every single day, um, but I, I am very, very involved in creating the content. Yeah, And that's definitely something that we've tried to do as well. And one of my favorite things that we do is our, is our music history posts, because they're like, you know, did you know this about this artist? And like, what's your favorite song about this, you know, from this artist and why do you like them? And, you know, it's got a lot of it's educational as well as, like you said, respondable because yeah. people will be like, oh yeah, I love Sarah Bareilles. Like, and then there'll be this conversation like my favorite song is this. Well, what about this song? You know, like, why are you ignoring? This is my favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you say that's your favorite right. song? <laughs> but it's true. It's creating conversations and community. And in terms of Instagram, we literally know that their platform, like Instagram headquarters has come out to say on this platform, we value creating community and like conversations. So if you want to make waves, that's how you do it. But I see so many people making the mistake of just like spewing out information and not actually connecting with the people that they're wanting to connect with. And it's a fine line and you know, you have to find your own zone of genius as well. But that was just um, an epiphany that I had this week and um, it. I think it's worked to be able to step into that a little bit more and realize, you know, what I can do, what I wanna do moving forward, all of that stuff. So, and definitely like our posts, you know, I did a post on Instagram and an email talking about how I'm going to Paris for a month. You did one about your travels. I think that that also helped set the scene. It helps set the vision of what's possible for people. And that goes beyond just like, oh, pay us money and join this offer and get your course together. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if we just talk about, do you want to launch this program? Like there's no, there's nothing beyond that. They're not seeing, like you said, the vision beyond that. And that's why I think that talking about, hey, if you launch this program, um, this is what your life can look like because you are you know, now working online or working mostly online and not being you know, tied down. A lot of people that are coming to us like have us have like a local studio or something and want and are maxed out yeah. or they're just kind of, they've been dabbling with like local students, but they realize that they could you know, really expand more into a bigger marketplace online, but they just didn't really know how to do that. And talking about, us being able to, you know, go different places. And I mean, like last year, our family got in the car and drove across the country to our cabin in Maine instead of flying and stayed there for two and a half months and then drove back. And, you know, we were working like along the way, they were all in school and everything. And we were stopping at hotels and working and, um, you know, just the fact that we are able to do that because of that location independence that I'm able to have with an online business, that might be something that someone desires in the back of their mind, but they, they're not really connecting the dots. They're not really seeing it as something that could actually happen to them. So talking about these things for ourselves is going to spark that in them like, oh, 
maybe that is, maybe I could really do that. I feel like it's also easy for people to make assumptions. For instance, I was on a sales call today this morning and the person I was talking to shared that she has a booked out studio in person. She had more students than she could handle last term. And so she's really looking to scale and be able to get her offers out there and support her students without overwhelming herself and be able to bring in more money and have more time because she has a, a grandkid coming and she has uh, songs that she wants to record and she wants to really be able to actually do all of these things. And I feel like a lot of people look at it as one or the other. Or, you know, if I do this program or if I launch a program, then that's all my time forever and I, like, I'll do nothing else with my life when the reality is the opposite is true. Like, if once you successfully launch a program and are able to do that and have that income flux and recurring revenue, it opens up so many doors because you don't have to stress about money. You can make the schedule that you want and then you can fill your time doing what you want, whether it's traveling, whether it's recording, whether it's just literally hanging out, you get to decide how that goes for you. And it gives you so much more freedom, not doesn't, it doesn't take it away. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people that have things on their bucket list that are like, maybe they've never recorded their own music before and they've always wanted to. I've definitely met a lot of musicians that are like closeted singer songwriters, but they've always just been like, not just been, they've always been, I've got to get rid of that word just, I hate that. <laughs> they've always been a music teacher or, um, you know, had a studio or whatever. And then they've like been writing songs in the background, but they're, they always just thought of themselves as that identity. I'm, I am a teacher. I teach mm -hmm. people. I am not a singer songwriter, but they've always wanted to release that and being able to have more time because they're not filling every single hour with students and being able to leverage that is going to allow them to check one of those things off their bucket list. I also feel like vice versa too, though. There's a lot of musicians who are like, I am musician, but then they like, <laughs> won't, they're not making money from music. And then they're like, not allowing themselves to maybe capitalize on other gifts that they have or go back to or start teaching because it's sort of like, I am only musician and I can't be a music teacher when you can be both. Like you can give yourself permission to like bring in income in other ways so that you're not stressed all the time. Yeah. Some of them think of that as like selling out or um, not being true to their art or whatever, you know, because they can't make their full income as a musician. And guess what? It's really hard to make your full income as a musician, especially when you first start out. So there's absolutely no shame in, in using your talents to help other people yeah it's true and it's not we're not saying this to be like it's so hard you're never gonna do it it's we're saying this be just because it's true like the landscape of the music industry has changed if you're just starting out it's not easy to just all of a sudden replace your full-time income with streams or gigs you know given that of what we went through last year, given how little streams pay, like all of these things that you wanna and need to consider. And even with gigs, you know, you do max out at a certain point. You can't play gigs all day, every day. You are you will be physically unable to. So there's definitely things that uh, you wanna consider. And I think just reiterating the point that doing something, adding a stream of income where you are, for instance, launching a program, let's say you're launching a group program, it's not going to take away from your artistry. It's going to take away the stress of having to make ends meet and the feeling like you have to either work your ass off 24 seven doing 
a job that pays you really badly or just hustling in the music scene doing like gigs that you don't want to take or opportunities that you don't actually feel aligned with it's going to take that stress away by being able to create your own reality and launching a program in a way that works for you. Yeah, and it gives you another way to leverage the fan base that you've already spent so much time and energy and probably even money building because who wouldn't want to learn from someone that they look up to enough to be a fan and be on their mailing list, you know? So you've already worked hard to build this group of people, this tribe that likes you. Why not find another way to monetize them? So true. So Brie, you brought up like bucket list items that people have and want to accomplish and are maybe feeling stuck, like they can't get to it. What are your bucket list items for the rest of the year or the next couple of years? Oh man, you didn't tell me you were going to ask me this. Surprise! I, don't even know. I feel like I've already done them because I just moved to a much larger house um, and you know, so there's this, I was telling this story during my shift your money mindset bootcamp that I did live. Cause it really hit me, um, that I was really manifesting this to happen. So when I moved from like up by Yosemite, where I used to live in 2019 to back down to Southern California, which it wasn't necessarily our choice to move it. My husband was transferred again, another good reason to have, have a business that's not tied to anything. Cause I could just easily just start it up again. Um, but I, I said to myself, like, I want a balcony and a pool. This is what I want, you know, in my new house. Well, we came down here and we're looking and we were going to rent because we didn't know what the situation was, you know, where the, where the best place was to live down here, all that. We wanted our daughter to go to a really good school. So we were choosing a very particular area and they didn't have a lot available because it's such a popular area. Um, and so I looked at all these houses and I'm like, none of these houses have a balcony and a pool. Like, and we finally found this last house. It had a balcony. It was a pretty trashed balcony, like probably had some termite damage, but I could still sit on it. Right. So I'm like, okay, this has a balcony. It's not exactly what I wanted, but it doesn't have a pool. So we ended up going with that house because that was the best option for us. Um, and so I have my balcony and then I found out that there was this like really great uh, athletic club down the street, like within walking distance that I could join. And sure enough, it had an, two amazing like Olympic sized pools and all oh, that. Nice. So I was like, okay, like I kind of got my pool and my balcony and all of that, but I felt like this all came to fruition when we ended up moving, uh, buying a house in March, 2021 and moving to the house we're in now, because mm. now I have this massive balcony off my bedroom and I have an amazing pool and all of that stuff. And I feel like it was all a journey um, of just continuing to be like, this is what I want to manifest in my life. Yeah. And you know, this is yeah. how it happened. Like it didn't start out the way I wanted, but I kind of got what I wanted, but then it eventually led to, this is absolutely what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> so you asked about bucket list and that wasn't really the answer because I no, kind of already got my bucket list this year. I don't, we just moved in here. There's still so much that we're like learning and enjoying about this new place and moving in um, with my mom and stepdad who live downstairs. And so, you know, we're, we're, it's a, it's a cool learning thing. And I feel like every day I find new routines that I really love 
with this location and stuff. So I feel like I'm still kind of exploring my bucket list with that, but it's a huge one. So I don't need anything else on my bucket list for the rest of the year. Other than <laughs> going to Maine a couple of times, which we are doing. Yeah, well, that's true too. Like you're not driving across to Maine anymore, but you still have that flexibility to have a home that you love and are literally obsessed with and a vacation home that allows you also a place to go and relax and still be able to work when you need to. That's right. And it all works together because now that my mom and stepdad are living here, my husband and I can go to Maine in September and leave my daughter home. And we, you know, before we were totally tied down because she's in school, you know, so it, it all has worked together to really give me the flexibility that I've always wanted in, in life and, you know, work and location independence in some ways. That's amazing. That is goals. Yes. (laughs) Total goals. goals. (laughs) Total goals. And I know that you're going to Paris this Mm -hmm. fall, which is super exciting. So why, why did you decide to do that? Has that been on the bucket list? So sort of not really. I was actually thinking back because my birthday is December, early December, and I went live on Instagram on my birthday 2020, so like end of last year, and I had this like 20, list of like 25 or 26 things I wanted to do, and I definitely have travel. I wrote down like I want to travel to London and or Paris, and I also had on my list though, like I want to buy my own place. And I pictured myself being a little bit more of a homebody this year. And then this year has gone literally not how I expected at all whatsoever. But at the same time, it sort of has all worked out perfectly. So like once, uh, I would say the beginning of this year, like probably February, I was getting super antsy. I was getting super like, I I just wanted a change of scenery, a change of place. But, you know, we couldn't really travel at that point. Like, maybe you could go somewhere locally, but I live in the Northeast. It was cold. Like, there Mm. wasn't so much you could really do for a getaway. But I had this dream. Like, I was looking at Airbnbs in Paris being like, what if I just take Ziggy and we just go spend a month in Paris, even just to stay in an Airbnb, but it's a change of scenery and, like, I don't even have to do much. Um, And then... My sister ended up getting into a program that basically she's going to be spending her first year of college in Paris. And so I was like, girl, I'm going to (laughs) come. So I studied abroad in Paris when I was in school. So I love it. I, I know it there, you know, very well. But it sort of ended up being this dilemma where I was like, I'm not sure if I'm going to like actually move there for a period of time or if I'm just going to visit. But the way it worked out was like I joined a mastermind that's going to have a trip to California in November. Um, I have a wedding to go to. Like there's just going to be a lot of travel in the fall in general. So I was like, let me go for one month. Let me just hang out there for one month. And if I like it and I want to actually like move there or just go again, this will kind of be like a test almost. Mm -hmm. So I'm anticipating going for a month and then seeing where I'm at for like January I either way I kind of want to do like a full UK tour like I've been to London and really loved it and so I think I want to spend like a significant amount of time over there as well um probably early next year but I don't know now I think about I used to have this really clear vision of like 
what my place looked like and how it's going to decorate. And like, I, I always like look for houses and apartments on Zillow. And now I'm like, what area is actually calling for me? I'm like lacking clarity on that right now because I think that I need to actually just explore a little bit and see what happens. But long- yeah, I think if you come to Southern California in November, which you are, you might want to stay here. <laughs> don't do it. It's like in November. It's super awesome. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Last time I went to California, I was like, I get weird vibes from this place a little bit. <laughs> Don't be mad at me. I'm like, wait. <laughs> but you know what? I also was on a trip with people that I didn't know all that well. And I was like mm. a little bit still had I had a lot of anxiety at that time, too. So it will be interesting to um, go again in a little bit more of a abundant. Well, we're going to be spending time on a sailboat. So I think that will lower your anxiety. Yes, hopefully. <laughs> Although I do get anxiety around heat. So. You never know. I might be having. It, it shouldn't be too hot. <laughs> I'll just be jumping in the water every five there you seconds. Go. <laughs> I'll 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 speak to you guys from a float in the ocean. <laughs> like yes, this is my plan for my business. <laughs> but yeah, so all that to say, like, I definitely had my clean cut manifestations, and like nothing went how I thought it would. But I really do feel like it's all working towards a sort of bigger plan of me being able to like figure out where I want to go, who I want to go with, all that stuff. And um, also, obviously, I have the freedom to do it because we're launching this, you know, I've got a couple other programs and I have the ability to sort of get things in place and have things just be running. So when I get to Paris, I can still coach in Paris, show up, you know, do my job, but not have to be like stressed about bringing in income or launching or that kind of thing. So I can really spend my time how I want to. I think it's interesting that we both talked about manifesting and how it never, it didn't look exactly the way we thought it would. But then, I mean, at least for me, it like culminated in actually the thing that I wanted originally. It just took two years to get here. And like for you, that might happen too. Like you might come out out of this after two years and have a very clear vision of like, wow, this is, I'm seeing what I was manifesting but it is looking totally different you know maybe suddenly you know you're living in London like who knows but you know maybe your place will still look kind of similar to what you were thinking but it's in a totally different location like we yeah you know we can't go through life trying to control things um but I do my mo of course I know me too (laughs) are are you an are you an uh Enneagram three right yes Enneagram three and also um I'm a Virgo, I'm into astrology. I'm a Virgo rising. You're a Taurus, right, Brie? I am. So yes. we have Earth. Very strong-minded, right, Taurus? Yes. <laughs> and I'm a Sagittarius sun. So of course you've basically got like grounded Earth energy of Virgo trying to control everything, but then like crazy ideas of Sagittarius. <sighs> so I'm I'm definitely someone, um, but I also learned, and actually guys, stay tuned because on the podcast in the next month, I'm going to be bringing on people to talk about this stuff. We're going to have like a personal development month. We're going to talk about Ooh. astrology, human design, Enneagram, all this really fun stuff. Um, so we'll talk more about this, but I found out there's a theory in human design um, and human design is sort of similar to astrology, um, but basically it's this thing and there's a theory that you can either be a non-specific manifester or a specific manifester, Hmm. which is exactly how it sounds. Either you say something, I want this and you get it, or it's more of like, I want this vision and here's the energy and it's not as specific. And 
apparently I am non-specific, which it feels so wrong because like every part of me wants to be specific. If I was a specific manifester, I would be a gazillionaire by now because every, like I have such clear visions, but for me, the key is in like letting go and trust. Uh, yeah. As usual, the universe is trying to teach us something by making us the thing that we want, not that we don't want to be right. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, couldn't you, couldn't I just submit this plan and then have it? <laughs> so yeah, so that, that's been hard because this whole year and last year and probably for the rest of my life, it's, it's been a huge lesson of letting go and trusting and not trying to control things. I mean, even going back to our conversation at the beginning, you know, we both had a day on Monday and out of our control, we couldn't have expected that all of a sudden people would book out my calendar with sales calls. Like you don't know what's going to happen and you just have to trust at every point, even when it's literally so hard. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think back to one of the biggest before this year, one of the biggest investments that I made, it was in a program in 2019. And I just felt like it was a really good fit. Like it was even the beta version. So I didn't even know, like they, were, they had no testimonials, all that stuff. But I felt like this person and I, like the way that she looked at business was so aligned. And I took a, a big leap, like an investment for me, I, having no idea how that would turn out. And then, you know, two years later, well, actually only like six months after I joined that program, I ended up being one of their first two coaches in the program. And I still work for that program. Like I love working with them. Yeah. They're totally aligned with like my values and the way that I would run my company and all of that stuff. And, um, you know, and, and I teach stuff like this, like we're talking about and it, like, had I not taken that leap of faith, like feeling into it being like, I just know that this is right. I don't know why, um, but I, I can just tell. And like, again, like, I feel like I kind of non-specifically manifested a whole new part of like my business in doing that. Yeah. Just because I, I took a leap of faith. Even this, like, I remember, I think I've shared it on the podcast before, but when you reached out to me like, hey, have you thought about doing a program like this? Would you want to collaborate? I was at a point where I was like, I don't know what's next. That was actually the the point where I was like, should I move to London? Like, <laughs> I remember you were saying like, I'm actually thinking of moving to London. Yeah, I was very much like, I need a change. I need something new. I need something fun. And of course, I'm like, not a problem. We could totally run this program from you being in London. Yeah. <laughs> well, here I am still in New York, but... Yeah. It's fine. We will be running the program from Paris partially. So there you go. There will be a point where you'll be in Paris and I'll be in Maine uh, in, while we're running the program, which will be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least in that case, it's not literally LA to Paris time zone. It's a little right, closer. Right, that's but, true. Um, no, but it, it really was a, a circumstance in, you know, a position in my life where I was like, I am sort of waiting for something. I was like, I know I need to change, but like nothing's in front of me. I don't have the answer and I need to be okay with that. And then you just like popped in my inbox and I was like, oh, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the perfect next thing. So it all works out. You have it to does. trust that it's it all- It does, but it doesn't work out if you just sit, you know, sit around dreaming about it and don't ever take any action. 
Okay. And that's what I've had to learn over the years for sure. Good point. Even if it turns out to be the wrong action, sometimes it is, but yeah. you've got to take actions or you'll never find the right ones. Yes. Uh, that's a bombshell. And <laughs> with that, like if you're listening to this episode and you've been checking out the out to launch sales page and you keep stalking it and you're like not applying because you're not sure and you're on the fence, this is your sign. Like we could not be any more clear that like if your gut's telling you something, listen to it. Don't think yourself out of it. Don't, you know, assume that it's not going to work out before you even get more information or try. I mean, if there's anything Brie and I have learned, it's exactly that. Like, follow your intuition, allow things to come your way. And if this program has come your way and it's really calling to you, this is the last day to take action and apply. The last day if you want to have a program launched by the end of this year. So this is your sign. Take action now. Head to katiezacardi.com slash out to launch to submit your application before the day ends. Yeah, we cannot wait to see who's going to be working with us in this program. We already have some amazing people and I just can't wait to see who's going to round out the group. Me either. Well, I am about to hop off to go onto another application call immediately after this. So if that's not enough scarcity for you, doors close tonight <laughs> and I'm, I have calls up the wazoo. So you might want to apply now before spots are literally gone. <laughs> but Brie, anything else before we hop off? Oh man, we said so much stuff today. I mean, I... <sighs> Like I even just connecting even some of the dots while we were talking about the manifesting and, and all of that stuff, like, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and, and you can't always have that when you need to make a decision. Mm, so, yeah. you know, just, I, I was even looking back when we were talking about things and like how I was in Europe and I realized that I wanted to, you know, even start a program while I was in Europe, um, because I was able to still run my business from there. Um, and so, you know, watch, look for, look for things, look for signs in your life. This, maybe this isn't the sign for you right now. Um, but always be looking for signs because you never know what you're going to see and you're going to take a certain turn in your life. And, you know, it's going to lead you somewhere amazing that you never would have realized. Okay, well, we will leave it at that beautiful words of wisdom from Brie. Again, this is your last chance to apply for Out to Launch. Applications close tonight, Wednesday, June 30th. So go apply by heading to katiezacardi.com slash out to launch. We'll hop on an application call where we'll just talk a little bit more about where you're at. Make sure this is a good fit for you and then go ahead and get you enrolled if it is. So I can't wait to hear from you. Bree and I can't wait to work with you and go do it now. Why are you still listening to this? Go apply. Thank you so much for listening to the Out To Be podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, rate and review it on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps us spread the message and get this podcast out to even more women in music. For more information on coaching services, head to katiezacardi.com. See you next week.